Hey there, it's Christine Nielsen, Coach C, and welcome to the Coach C Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. This is also live, this is also on video. We're gonna put this up on our YouTube channel. So for those of you who are watching, you get to watch it on YouTube. And those of you who are listening, thank you so much for joining the Coach C Podcast Reboot. Today we have a really incredible guest, and I'm so excited to have him with us today because we are gonna talk all things from real estate, property investment, as well as how to keep teams cohesive, get them focused on the right things, and what kind of pivots he's making in his own business during these really interesting business times. So please welcome to our show, Sandy McKay of Keller Williams. Sandy lives in Toronto. He uh, is a property investor. He actually has a, a huge career here in Canada with Keller Williams. And, you know, building huge teams, building real estate teams, and doing commercial and uh, residential property investment. Sandy, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, and thank you so much for joining us. Awesome. Thanks, Christine. So happy to be here and, uh, and share some uh, share some content with your audience. Uh, looking forward to it here. So uh, give you a bit of a background story on me. I've really um, had, uh, I'm 34 now, so I've had a really business world. I've really only been entrenched in it, I'd say, for about seven years or so. Before that, I was kind of bumbling around trying to find my way a little bit with life but um started out uh i was actually living in australia for a few years i was a golf uh, coach out there and um and went there to try and actually make it as a as a playing pro but didn't really work out started teaching and uh and loved it there and then realized that uh the golf teaching world wasn't really exactly what i love to do so i came back to canada and then um kind of odd end jobs here and there and then sort of got into this investment world of real estate and um and started out doing a lot of creative real estate investing which is you know versions of, of wholesaling real estate or creative deals where you kind of find find undervalued properties or people that really need to sell and then and then either either buy them with partners or flip them to other investors that sort of a thing so it's really a unique kind of way to get into the market when you don't have any money and um, and that kind of led me to getting you know into some circles with a lot of investment people and people that are doing some, some cool stuff in real estates. And uh, my wife and I both got into that world at the same time, actually. And um, and we kind of grew up in this world together. And uh, and then we started buying some real estate. Eventually, we you know our very first deal we made um, we made uh, twenty five grand on a real estate wholesale deal, and then used that twenty five grand to buy a property, which was in uh, Oshawa, so nearby. Uh, just outside of Toronto here, and then um, good timing, I suppose. I mean, the market was crazy. It's it's been crazy basically ever since. Um, the property doubled in a couple of years, and um, in value. And then we, you know, leveraged that to, to keep buying more, and, and just kind of recycle the money over and over again. And um, and then, you know, eventually we end up we have kind of probably two hundred units now in our, our portfolio, and um, we we got into real estate as realtors. Uh, I started a real estate team. Uh, we have about 20 different people on our team in that, in that business right now, mix of real estate agents and then uh, some admin and support staff and that sort of thing. And uh, my wife ended up branching out from that and opening up a property management company, which is uh, something we worked really well with the agent company and the investment world and it all kind of yeah. flows around together. And uh, so and then we started a construction company recently, too, in the last uh, year and a half, two years, uh, to help support all the construction projects and that that our, our investors are doing and we were doing. And so we've uh, kind of come, I guess, in a fairly quick time, built up a few different companies there that uh, between my wife and I are all pretty involved in and uh, all kind of real estate focused. And 
It's been pretty fun. We've got to learn a lot about uh, team building, which you mentioned, which is which has been uh, awesome and fun learning curve there. Um, starting on our own to now you know, having, I don't know how many people we have amongst these these companies. Yeah. 75, 80, something like that, probably. Sandy, you have said so many gems just in your introduction, and I'm going to unpack a few things with you, if you don't mind. I'm going to start backwards. I'm going to start forwards and move backwards to something that you said, because I think a lot of our listeners are either entrepreneurs finding their way, making big shifts in their lives and making big pivots. And now part of your story, uh, I'll talk about your story in a minute, but you've said so many incredible things. You've essentially built an ecosystem, which is what we have talked to our clients and we've created our, we, what we coach our clients on to do. It's build your ecosystem of how do your businesses, products, offerings, and services fit together and people can actually continue. So then you actually keep your customers and clients for life in that ecosystem, kind of like Apple, right? They have the iPod and then they have the iMac and all of their products work very fluidly together and then they bought headsets and they have, you know, everything. So I'm an Apple user. So, but it's, it's kind of that model. And I love that your, you and your wife are doing this together, right? So, yeah, it's great. It's most of the time great. <laughs> yeah. The so there's two things. So one, tell me more about the vision of, you know, you kind of meandered into from your story you you meandered into real estate and property invested kind of checked it out a little bit so then you started and you went hmm so tell me a little bit more about the vision from curious to building an ecosystem because that takes that there's something underneath that that's very powerful that I think our listeners would really love to hear about yeah that's it's interesting um I think and exactly, you nailed it. I didn't even realize, to be honest, at the beginning that we were building necessarily an ecosystem, so to speak. I think we always, we kind of always thought about it as like a Costco approach, I guess, which was really like an ecosystem anyways. But we didn't really think of it at that level until it, I do now, but I didn't really back. understand it at the time. Yeah, we just yeah. kind of were going, we actually just needed these things ourselves. And we we're like, hey, we're not going to manage. We had so many properties we were managing ourselves. And it was like, hey, we can't do this anymore. This is crazy. I do not like going and dealing with maintenance or showing properties to tenants and stuff. I don't Funding. enjoy it. Why would I be doing this myself? And so it kind of came at a need originally was just, you know, we really just needed help with that. And, um, it was either coming down to, you know, hiring that out and outsourcing it. And then that's kind of what we started with and then branched off and just said, well, we might as well bring this in house so we can service our own people ourselves and our own clients and everyone, you know, and keep them in our ecosystem and, um, and, and you know, have them in different services over and over again and keep them as clients for life in that sense as opposed to sending them out to somewhere else where we have a little less control over that relationship and what that looks like. Um, obviously, case by case, we still we still you know have a lot of different support teams and companies that we work with. But uh, right. but the main ones that we like the really main core companies that we know that they're going to be working with all the time, we've, we've pretty much brought those ones all in-house. The, well, there are some others, but really the, yeah, you know, the investor for them. us. Yeah. Yeah. The investor for us is typically the model that we work with is we, we buy really ugly properties. We renovate them, we tenant them, and then we, we go back to the bank and get a new mortgage out at a higher, at a higher number. We finance, take out as much money as we can, and then we can recycle over and over again. So we kind of wanted to get every piece of that model in place. So the construction, the property management, the, the realtor, which we had, and then, uh, and then, 
yeah, God bless my wife. She likes that business. It's a tough business, the property management one, but yeah. she's really suited for it. We're, we're polar opposites, like in, in, in most ways, um, which is really good, complimenting each other there. You, did, and, um, I, you may not have had the chance to listen to one of my previous podcasts, but my husband was on the show. And okay. we talked exactly about that being complete polar opposites and how that actually really works because we're kind of the yin and the yang. Right. And so that's that's interesting. And, and how do you find that in your business? Are you able to um, separate your business conversations from your personal conversations or do you collapse them a lot? They collapse a lot. To yeah. Be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, we've dabbled with like setting boundaries around that and stuff and having, you know, maybe, you know, once we any time in the bedroom, there's no, no business talk and you know, there are no business talk uh, prior to 8 a.m. or something like that. Or yeah. To be honest, we've dabbled with it and not done a good job. And really it's not sustainable. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you, you can. Know, we're both passionate about it. It's fun. I, we, you know, I kind of, I don't really see a problem. I, at times you talk to people and, and they convince you maybe it's a bit of a problem. And then other times you talk to people and it's like, well, why not just like enjoy it and keep going with it? Yeah. If not you're fun. able to build each other on it and you're not, yeah, exactly. If it's not getting in the way, right? Yeah. And, you know, I know more about bond trading than I ever need to know. <laughs> you know, because if if you did opposite businesses, you'd be hearing about each other's businesses. So I don't I don't really see a problem as long as it's not getting in your way, like you said. And that's interesting. But I do we find don't have kids yet either, so it's, so it's well. Good. Then you'll just talk about the kids. So that's yeah. what happens. Business replaces all the talk about the kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So very fun. Um, the other thing that you said that I think is really interesting, aside from setting up and building that ecosystem and understanding, it's like wow. I need to solve these problems in my business. Why not own that? And we actually have that same model at Contrast Results Group because that's exactly what we did. We found problems as, as business owners that we wanted to solve, mostly in the arena of execution and implementation of strategy. I don't want to talk about strategy. I want to get it done. And so we have teams of people that actually help get, get things done here. So in terms of your story, though, I found it really interesting that you went to Australia, you were a golf coach and a golf pro and, you know, kind of meandering around and understanding. I think there's a lot of people that are afraid to get into real estate and real estate investing. And it, they might have a perception of, I don't have any money. How do I start? Can you talk about that? Can you, can you share a little bit about your experience with people? Yeah, that was, I mean, that was us. And that's a lot of people that we talk with for sure. It's a, it's a, you know, the world's done a good job at scaring people out of it. Um, and the media mainstream media for sure has done a great job of that with all the 2008, the, 2008. Yeah. And if you look back for the last 20 years, really in all the whole, every year in two thousands, you'll find many articles every year that the market's crashing written by, written by economists and people that are, so maybe they are experts, but it's, However, they spin it, right? They spin it to be kind of doom and gloom. So there's a lot yeah. of fear out there around that world. And um, you can also look back and see, you know, all the millionaires and billionaires in the world. And, and pretty much it would be hard. You'd be hard pressed to find one that doesn't have at least some version of real estate in their portfolio. Right. Yeah. So um, we just kind of convinced ourselves that it was it made sense and we wanted to get into it and we were going to stop at nothing to find a way to get into it. And we started going out and educating ourselves and learning about different strategies and you know there's there's a lot more strategies than just let's buy a place and hold it forever and, and make some money there and because and, that strategy is great but it needs capital capital yeah yeah so we, we looked at it and we kind of just learned we've read a lot on it my wife's uh my wife's really the like driver implementer type of person i'm more kind of visionary just 
you know, I'm fairly creative, but I'm also not necessarily going to drive it really quickly. She will. So You're more analytical? Thinking. I don't know if analytical is the right word sometimes, but um, I'm not, no, I wouldn't say analytical. Yeah, I would. I yeah, that's not my read on you. I'm like, but you, you describe yourself as creative, but you're not a driver. Not, not naturally. Not okay. naturally. I've learned to be at times better at that. Interesting. But, I, but she is for sure. Yeah. Like she just wants to get it done yesterday. and um, I'm She'd get along like, with me really well. <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm not, I'm kind of the opposite, which, which works well, like I said, but, uh, so she really drove it at the start and we went and started learning and networking with people. And you know, once you get into the, the community, it's like a, it's not a very big community that real estate investor world. Did um, you take a course or how do, how do people learn about real estate investing? You know, the very first thing we did, we, we, the book that really changed my mindset around it. And it's, I know a lot of people mentioned this book in, our, in our world was, um, think, uh, sorry, think and grow rich was yes. one. There's two, there's think and grow rich and also, um, uh, rich Dad Poor Dad. Rich Dad Poor Dad. And so those are the two, the two big ones. They're thinking of rich for the general mindset, and then the um, Rich Dad Poor Dad for kind of the, I guess more of the mindset around marketing and money and, and sales that sort of thing. And mm -hmm. so, and, and entrepreneurs just be, you know becoming that version. Besides, you know, instead of working for someone else, working for yourself and, and building building up your own thing. So. We, uh, we just got into that world and networked and learned. And then over time, you, you come across and see other people doing things that you would never believe were possible. And then you go, well, crap, that person's doing it. Why can't we go ahead and do that as well? And then right. try, 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 try until it works. <laughs> so tell us in the beginning, you, the difference between your trying and your investing in the beginning you know, and now. Tell, take us through that journey of what your experience was. And then tell us a little bit more about now. And then let's unpack some of the things that people will be looking for. Because there's so much gold in everything you're saying. And people are looking for this. How do I start? You know, and there's probably there was probably some emotional things you needed to overcome. Maybe some fears you needed to overcome. Like, what was that like for you in the beginning? And now where are you? Yeah, so there's, yeah, great. So there's, um, there's a few there's a few really looking back, really smart things. I didn't, didn't know how smart they were at the time, but some things that really I know looking back have made a huge impact on me. A lot, a lot of it around creating the environment that you're in and the, the people around you that are there to either lift you up or put you down, right? So I think um, we did a few things. We Originally, we, we kind of slowly changed our circle, you know, friends and peer group and just started hanging out with other people that were also in the real estate investment world. So we started talking a lot more about that and... And rather than talking about how 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 scary it is and how you know you're going to lose all your money, we which is what a lot of a lot of people experience that with their family and that and, and you know that's the kind of natural general deal around it. It's it's a very scary world. So were other people telling you it's scary and don't do it? Like, did you get a lot of pushback? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 When I first started my first company, people were like, what do you mean you're leaving a six figure job to be an entrepreneur? Are you crazy? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yes, I am. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think a lot of the people, if you, if the, if your close friends or peers don't see you as that person before, they're the hardest to convince. They need to really see that you're someone different. So we had that, like even our families and stuff, you could tell they were always skeptical of what we were doing. And then all of a sudden, you know, Fast forward a bit, they're like, "Wow, you guys are like, how do we get involved? crushing it?" Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of been cool to see that transform. And and the biggest thing was transforming, changing our peer group a little bit, getting in different circles, hanging out with different people, yes. with different different conversations. Your net and, worth um, is equals your network. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, and then the other thing, we, so like very, it was at the, at the beginning it was challenging. We didn't really know what we were doing. You know, we'd hear about things, but we didn't have any true experience doing them ourselves. So we've got a lot more confidence in, in our actions over time just through doing, um, which probably that's more so my wife because she loves doing, doing, doing. And that's really helped because we just, I haven't, I am definitely a slower to take action person naturally, but now we're like, now I'm pretty comfortable. We can just go and do stuff. But at the beginning, it's a lot more, it's a lot more challenging to get over the hump and actually take action, which I think you really need a good network around you to, to push you a bit and support you through those times. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just going to sit there, you know, analysis paralysis is a huge thing in real estate that you're looking at the numbers, trying to figure out every single way that this might not work. And then you're going to find a ton of them that, it, that it's not going to work, <laughs> but you just have to kind of, jump in at some point and that first one is always the, the toughest once you get in the first one there's going to be a world of problems throughout and you're going to find a way through it and it's going to be challenging and then and then you get through them and then every every single next time afterwards it's easier and easier and so it just becomes mm-hmm. it becomes simple and, and the, the amount of problems that come across our table every day at this point like if i were to see one of those at the beginning i would have like had a heart attack and now it's okay, we know how to deal with that, just keep going. And so it, so it just becomes easier and easier through doing, right? Through Yeah, because you gain confidence and you gain experience. You know, through experience comes confidence. And then you actually, the knowing of how to handle those situations as they arise. Um, what now, you know, what are some of your bigger challenges? So now you don't have the, the lack of confidence or the fear of other people telling you you can't. What are some of your new challenges that you have in your business? Because you're very successful at what you do. You and your wife have built an incredible ecosystem and an incredible um, community around you. So tell me a little bit now about some of those new challenges that you're facing that maybe you have new fears around. Because we, at whatever level you are, have you noticed you're always there, number one. But number two, you, we just elevate different levels of uncertainty because we're up to a new game. So when you raise the bar on yourself, you raise the uncertainty level. Um, actually, and just to, one more thing on that last one too is the other thing I did really well was or smartly was I went and worked for some in the realtor world. I went and worked on a team at the beginning for two years. I spent time with another guy who had a lot of things I wanted, knew yes. a lot of things I wanted to know, had, had all the experiences I wanted to get. And I just went and I, you know, I took a, I guess in a, you could look at it as what most people would think of it as was a pay cut. But at the end of the day. I was probably making a lot more money with him than I would have on my own. Right. But in reality, the biggest thing I got of that was just the knowledge and the experience and the, you know, soaking up through osmosis, just, just getting all the content, all the stuff he was doing. It was, I was learning so much during that time. Yeah, so it's it's mentor coaching. That. It's it's really yeah. mentor coaching because you're actually yeah. getting the experience and you're shortcutting the mistakes because he's showing you what not to do. Yeah. And, and you know, even like, I could look like he, at that point we really struggled to find a main kind of admin person on that, on that team. And, and it was like constant turnover. And now when I went to hire my first admin person after that, it's like, I'm going to spend, take really slow here. I'm going to make sure I get the right person because this is a really important hire and I don't want to rehire because it's so expensive to rehire over and over again. Do you have a secret sauce of that? Because that is one of our biggest problems in contrast is that right hand admin person. So you, after our show, I really want your secret sauce on hiring your admin. (laughs) I might have a secret sauce. There's a, there's a course I've taken. I take it every year actually. Um, and uh, you know what, this is a, to get back to the other question you're asking around challenges today. I mean, it's a lot of generally people challenges, I would say. Like, those, that's the stuff I've really found 
super important, you know, having the right people around and finding, um, finding like really super talented people and, and pushing them and, and, and creating opportunities for them to stay within our, yes. our, our ecosystem has yes. been really, that's what I work on a lot now is creating more opportunities for them because yeah. I know you get the super talented person and they are going to push, push, push right till they leave unless you give them that next opportunity, right? And yeah. it's got to be pretty big because they're probably thinking big and really excited about everything. And that's, that's exciting for me. I love that part of it. That's one of my favorite you know, components to having, uh, you know, the ecosystem going. Um, it's also challenging because it's hard to find those people in the beginning, but then it's, it is challenging to find more and more opportunities for them because generally those people are really driven and they're going to go fast and, and really want big things. Um, so that's something that's I such a great out. problem to have, Sandy. Do you know how many people kill to have teams <laughs> where their people are amazing and they want, you have to keep throwing bigger challenges The I think the leadership, um, point in that one is recognizing which of those people are really the ones that you need to throw into larger challenges, which, how do you up-level the bar and where are the ones where you kind of need to maybe slow play them and coddle them a little bit more, not coddle, but kind of help them along a little differently than you would your, your starter. So maybe there's two different ways of managing those people. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I think there's, um, so I mean, definitely finding those people and identifying them is, is, uh, I'm not sure if that's a, uh, there's a bit of a natural skill to that, but there's definitely something that you definitely learn how to do that better as you go as well. And, um, and that's, that's important because that identifying them is huge. I think something we use a lot in, like we really take our time hiring people. And yeah. so we go through a process. It's not something we made up or just wing it. Like we go through a pretty stringent process on that. And it sometimes takes like, it takes like 10 plus hours of, of talking or different things that we're doing to hire them. It's not like it's come in for an interview. Okay, let's go. You look good. Let's do it. We have done that. And actually it's worked and not worked, but when we do it the other way, you know, I'd rather get to know someone relatively well and uh, take the time through that versus rush into it and then get to know them once they're already on board. And now we're like, you know, trying to figure out if, you know, we're second guessing it and it's just going to play out usually not well. It's going to take, Sorry, the dog's barking in the background. We're doing this from home, so you're going to hear dog barking in the background. Um, Tell me a little bit about, um, I I forgot my point, it'll come back to me, but in terms of hiring, when you're hiring on board for your team, you have a certain culture in your business now where you're pushing people and you've got a challenge. Tell us about how you built the culture and do you hire for your culture or do you um, have someone come in and disrupt your culture? Tell me a little bit about your, your style. Yeah, good question. So one of the things I kind of just lucked into it, I mean, Keller Williams is, has an amazing culture. There's, there's Stanford, Harvard studies written on the culture of Keller Williams. It's incredible culture yes. for most people, um, sharing culture, very collaborative. So it's a great, great platform to kind of tie our business to because on the realtor side, it's like directly tied to it, but we've also taken a lot. We've learned through that and, and blend into our other companies that are in the ecosystem there. So it kind of rubs off through those companies, which, you know, property management world or construction world, they generally do not have very great cultures in that. Like, like realtors, sometimes, you know, high sales driven companies, there's a lot of personal development. A lot of people focus on that. So it's yeah. kind of naturally a little bit there, but having it in those other companies is, is definitely not, your typical type of uh, culture in those companies. So it's been really good to rub, have that rub off on that a bit. 
so our partnership with Keller Williams has been a big key to that, I would say. And, um, and learning about that culture, I kind of leverage it to the company, to be honest, a lot of times because they've already built it and it's there and it's kind of just rubbing off through into our team. And so it's been, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been kind of, I guess, probably, um, you know, Keller Williams definitely added kind of fuel to the fire in terms of our culture that we're creating. Yeah. And, um, and added and helped with the sharing collaborative efforts there. And I think, uh, I think the biggest thing around that too is just coming back to having a really clear, uh, I call it a MVVB, MVVBP, mission, vision, values, beliefs, and perspectives. So just coming up with, and we use that when we're hiring people, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's not just, okay, I'm going to hire you for the position right now, but what's that person's role to the CEO chair? What's the path? And, yeah. and showing them that and having a, you know, I, I draw it out and I say, this is where, this is where we're hiring, but five years, 10 years, this is where maybe you can go. And that's usually where you get people that are, you know, probably too talented for that initial role, but at least they see the path and they, yes. they get excited about that and, um, and a clear mission vision and, and that, that people can gather around. That's more than just, yeah, when I'm here to make here to make money and that's it. Like it's, this is what our higher purpose is and people yeah. can kind of rally around that, right. And be on the same page. I think that's been really key as well. And having that, having that at the very beginning, um, when you're hiring people and making sure they're buying into that, that's, and it, and some people aren't into it and it weeds them out. Right. So yeah. it's, well, it's, it's, it's great to choice, right? Like we all have choice and, and people who step into the challenge and I'm not allowed to hire my own people. Um, I'm the last person. Like I will set up, here's exactly who I need. This is what we want. And the reason why is because I am a very enrolling person and I'm going to show you your career path and get you really excited. Uh, and I love people. I love working with people. I see the possibility and the potential in people. So that's a problem in the hiring process because I'm ready to like hire for potential and my HR team and my um, project management team are like, slow down, Skippy. (laughs) So I'm not allowed. They have to go through a five-person hiring process. And once they've gone through that, then they get to come to me. And I think that's really important because I did it in the beginning of the company when we reinvented Contrast, I went through a string of people and it, it was like, you know, then we start thinking, is it me? Is it them? What's going on? And it really was that hiring process. So I think you need to be very clear about those processes and procedures and understanding the kind of person that you need for those types of roles, right? So you have to have complementary skills. Like you talked about your wife is very driven and, you know, you're very creative. Those are complementary skills. Put them together and, and magical things happen. But if everybody in the company has the same kind of driving you know, over, have you ever seen a a championship team and you can't figure out why they're losing because they have too many competitive champions that need to be the alpha or the, or the, you know, primary and they don't play well together. So there's a special uh, magic in being able to understand everybody's kind of talent, skill set, and understanding how they're, what drives them, what motivates them. Some people are driven by numbers and results. Some people are driven by accolades. So I think that's really interesting how you have created that and looked at that championship culture and your mission and your vision for Keller That's Williams. Awesome points there. Yeah, really. And I love, yeah, I love sports references. So it makes sense. I love that too. And then you have to have the kind of, you know, and the, the character player, right? You have to have those people that aren't necessarily like in a sales role, for example, they're not necessarily the top performers, but they're great culture character pieces that support everyone and, and just are they help kind of mesh everyone together. Yeah. Right. So there's different roles for sure. And yeah. you're, you're not always hiring for the same 
same type of role there. Yeah. And um, uh, what was I going to say on that too? The uh, yeah, the mission and vision work has been, has been huge there. And then, and then also just regularly, oh, I also got fired from hiring people recently, actually, <laughs> um, in, in at least one component of our, of our business. Cause I, I love people generally, like I find the good in people and sometimes yeah. I find too much good there. Sounds like you're kind yeah. of saying something similar. Yeah. And tolerate um, too much. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I usually, I sometimes do the very, very, like I may, maybe, maybe I'll find someone and then I'll send them to. Yeah, exactly. And, and they'll, they'll at least do the initial part, weed them out and then I'll kind of finish it off and make sure it's good. Yeah. But yeah, I've kind of taken a bit of a step back from that too. Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. funny because I'm not, I'm very, I'm not skeptical enough really. I'm a lot more optimistic and, um, you know, overly optimistic at a lot of times. And so and, Maybe a little more skepticism. Yeah, there. and I think that's great as long as you've got that person on your team who can be skeptical <laughs> and and kind of be that person who's like, I'm not going to agree with you for the sake of agreeing with you. I'm going to tell you what I really think, and I have concerns. So I, I like that. Yeah. Don't lose your optimism because there's something really powerful. And one of my coaches always says he's a pessimistic optimist. <laughs> and yeah. It, yeah, and I think there's very there's there's usefulness in that. Tell me a little bit about, you know, everybody's thinking, okay, it's time for a pivot. And anybody listening to this has the opportunity to hear what your story has been in how you got into real estate investing, how you've built this fabulous ecosystem. And you did it with knowledge. You did it by getting coaches and mentors in your life. You did that through understanding and kind of having a vision for your life and your what you wanted, right? So tell me a little bit now, um, people have the opportunity to reset and pivot. What are your thoughts you know, there's there. I think there's a lot of opportunity in the marketplace for people to get into the market if they're not in yet, or for property investment as well, because there will be a lot of defaulting. And there, well, we don't know yet, but there seems to be what the market says, what people say. <laughs> I'm using air quotes for those of you who can't see the podcast. But what what are your thoughts on the market and and how people would enter? Well. I think it's very hard to predict, obviously, and no one's got crystal ball what's going to happen there. But right. I think uh, ultimately, you know, it's uh, it's interesting times. There's a lot of different different things going on, obviously, in the world. I think some of the biggest things before even making any decisions, you know, I, I know in our world we've 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 definitely cut down a lot of expenses, got a little more lean on some things. But we the big things that we're not cutting that are super important, especially during these times, like coaching. Having coached in, in your life is super important. It'll allow you to take actions yeah. even in trying times and um good or bad whatever the markets or world's like it's coaches have been an amazing part of my life in the last five six years that have really kept me going at tough times and easy times too they keep pushing you ahead yeah so great coaching and, and education and peer group around you to help you through decisions is key more so now than ever with your mindset and keeping it you know in place in the right place to make proper decisions on the market itself i know we have um we're, you know, in Keller Williams' world, we're uh, very lucky. We have a great leader, Gary Keller, who um, spends crazy amounts, probably like Starbucks-type efforts on, on feeling out the market and uh, seeing where things are headed and all that. And he's, he's, he's usually a year or two ahead of what's going to happen. This one's totally unique because it's not necessarily market-driven. This kind of, I don't know, it's not a collapse, but it's kind of... Change. Downturn. Change, yeah. yeah. It's a change. Um, recently in like a couple of masterminds I'm, I'm in with him and he, he leads some things and he's been pretty, um, pretty questionable on what's going to happen here in the future. Yeah. He's pretty like, he's, he's 
he's warning us, let's just say he's warning us to be very careful with our, our businesses in terms of, you know, and it depends what business you're in, but anything in real estate worlds, be very careful because the market's very likely to right. be dipping down probably a little bit longer here. Like it might go on a year, might go on two years, don't really know for sure. But there's definitely going to be a, a, a slow up. I know Toronto in this area is totally unique and totally impervious, it seems, to any sort of market downturn, probably because of lack of supply, definitely because of lack of supply. Yeah. And so that's probably going to make us not get impacted as much as general you know, North America. Yes. But I think in general, North America is probably going to be, you know, dipping down, especially some of the markets in the U.S. like that are, that are kind of... That are already struggling. Yeah. The periphery ones. I mean, there's great opportunities in that too, right? Yeah. Like, like 08, 09, 10, where Florida, a lot of people made some great investments there and, and were able to come away with like, I don't know how many millionaires were made there. Probably tons of A lot. Them. Could be the same thing this time. I would look at markets like that. A lot of the markets like maybe Phoenix, like the sand states there, like um, Nevada, Arizona, those areas might have some great opportunities if people are looking to maybe get some vacation property or or things like that. If they're allowed to vacation. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. I think we'll be past that. I think we'll be back to some version of normal soon enough, but... I love something that you said. I love something that you said, and it resonates for me um, at this time, because you just said that um, it's Gary Keller, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I pronounced it properly. And you just said that even he um, has uncertainty and is questioning. And I think that is the biggest takeaway for anyone running any business right now. We don't know. We have never been here. So predictive modeling, predictive behaviors, predictive behaviors of human beings as well as market behaviors, they're unpredictable. And understanding and being willing to kind of stand in uncertainty and stand in the unpredictability in being able to pivot quickly, be agile. I think you said a lot in there. You know, we always say, understand your business, know your numbers backwards, forwards, and sideways, right? Understand your clients and their behaviors and know what they're and try to pre, be preemptive in how to predict what they might be thinking and doing so that you can either course correct that or you can actually, you know, help take opportunity to the market, right? So I think that was really valuable in what you said because I think people think they should know. And anybody thinking you should know right now, you shouldn't know. There is no should in this. We have not been here. And it's you it's it's actually kind of um I think a stress reliever to understand that we don't know and we are kind of figuring all of this out and we can do that either on in our own little bubble or we do it together, right? We have conversations with people and, and we kind of try to figure things out together. I think that was a really important, when you said that about uh, Gary, I thought that was really valuable. Yeah, and I go, that's where the importance of network and mastermind groups and things like that come to play, right? That you're connecting with and learning what they're doing and, and just collaboratively kind of fighting through this. And, and knowing your numbers, you said there, was really key. I think that's something we've dove even deeper into that in the last couple of months. And just, you know, numbers are the language of business. It's something yeah. I, 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 you know, so really knowing your numbers is huge. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know, you don't know what you're doing really. And like, you really need to dive deep on that more than ever right now and just make sure you're, you know, if you are in a business where you're a bit concerned about what's happening, you know, you really need to uh, hold every expense accountable to, to you know, yep. a return of some sort, right? And yep. so just analyze, looking at that a little deeper now is, is probably more important than ever. If you have extra time or your business is, you know, more 
susceptible to what's going on here than, than most, then you definitely really need to dive in there and, and get cash heavy and make sure you're okay to weather the storm here if you're going to have this play out for the longer. I think there's two things that you said, and, and we'll wrap it up very shortly, but I, I enjoy talking to you so much, Sandy. Um, one of the things is knowing your numbers and knowing where to trim the trim the costs. What's not, what is it that you cannot, you know, what can you cut? What don't you need? Where's the fat? And then knowing what the right investments are and the right investments in your people, the right investments in your processes. So there's some things that you can actually put money into that are going to make you money. And you don't want to trim that. You have to be very cautious in understanding what your return on your investments are, which is why you need to know those numbers so that you can and measure everything. Everything is measurable, right? So measure it all. Yeah, and if that's not your forte, get someone on your team that is good that's at right. that. That's right. I'm okay at it. It's not necessarily my forte. Having some numbers people is huge, and people that love numbers and very analytical, they're great at it. Um, yeah. Skeptical analytical people are great at that because they can hold your <laughs> hold your hold your expenses accountable. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, and I, and I you know I would just the ones that we're not cutting, even though it would be easy to cut, it feels easy to cut is things like coaching and things like educational types. I think edu- getting education right now is is also really key and important. And yes, spending some money on that, although you might not see a return like directly indirectly, it's going to play an impact. And I think those are important keys to to not necessarily cut or be a little more open to keeping them, even if you're not necessarily seeing a direct result right away. It's, it's very interesting that you say that because people are spending money on coaching because they don't know. And a coach allows the opportunity to have someone in your corner who's going to help you avoid pitfalls and steer you and keep you on track to taking the opportunities and taking that vision and staying on purpose. And that's what I love about what we do is we have a coach-based approach to consulting is that Whatever the business problem, whatever the people problem you're dealing with, you have the opportunity to avoid challenges and create really huge breakthroughs just by using those techniques of coaching and education and mentoring and and experience. So I love that you said that. And thank you for that because I wasn't expecting it. Just ending, um, just to complete the podcast and and talk a little bit more about about what you're creating and, and what you think. You know, I know you're working on some conferences. You're working on bringing your people together. Tell us a little bit more about uh, where people can find you, and a little bit more about what you're up to with those conferences that you're creating. Sure. Yeah, we do. We, um, I mean, we're always looking to grow our investment business and all that, and, and you know, the ecosystem, and, and and you know, help more people through those companies. Um, we're also doing a lot of doing a few more conferences. So I'm part of a Keller Williams Young Professional Group in our company, um, and we do a lot of. Um, you know, training, education, social events, things like that. Uh, what we've really focused on in the last year or so now is is kind of just growing. Our, we're really passionate about Keller Williams. It's taught us a lot. The few of us that are kind of driving this, I, I think I've learned a lot from that company to help all of our businesses, and it's, it's been a really great business training company from that standpoint. And we just want to share that more with people and help them through, especially the real estate community where – where there's lots of training, but there's not like uh, there's not a lot of real good business training. There's yeah. a lot of salespeople training, and it's great to have you know be a high paid salesperson. You can be, make a lot of money and do it great in real estate in that sense. But a lot of people don't treat it like a business; they just treat it like being a salesperson. So they don't build proper systems. They don't build very well, you know, businesses that they can actually maybe step away from one day or sell one day and actually there's value there. Yes. So it's it, that's what I always think of is how can you. I want to eventually on one day maybe sell it or maybe have someone take over and and not have to be there every day. Right. So, um, 
we focus a lot on training around that business training versus yeah. know, being a salesperson. So, so we're starting some conferences. We're doing a virtual conference uh, next week, actually, virtual real estate growth summit. And can people join you on that? Like, is that an open one or is that an internal one? It's open, yeah. Um, How do they find it's, you? Uh, if they, if it's still out in time, there, it's virtual.realestategrowthsummit.ca. Great. Um, or they can also go to realestategrowthsummit.ca for the uh, for the regular event that we're both those will be annual now. Um, the regular event is in October, I think. I hope <laughs> as long <laughs> as it still happens. Um, we did it last year. We had six hundred some odd people, and. Uh, and we're probably going to be double that this year as long as uh, it actually happens. Yeah. And, um, and it's growing pretty quick. We've got some great speakers, great people coming out. Um, you know, it's real estate community based. However, it's like I say, it's all about business training. So right. I know for me, we've been able to take a lot of this stuff and, and implement it in all of our businesses. And I'm sure a lot of different business people out there could gain a lot from it as well just by, by being there or being amongst that community. Um, there's a lot of value for entrepreneurs in general. Amazing. Sandy, thank you so much for joining the Coach C podcast and talking about your career and real estate and how people can really get into or dive into, start, or you know, maybe dig deeper into their investment portfolio because there's always opportunity, like you said. So how do, how do people reach you? They reach you at uh, they can re- I mean they can find me on social media pretty much anywhere, uh, or they can reach me out reach me at uh, 289-389-6846. Awesome. Um, connect with me through that or Sandy at McKayRealtyNetwork.com. And you also have your own podcast. You've been doing that for several years now. So We didn't maybe, mention that. Yeah. yeah. I've had that actually for six years. That's one of the best things I ever did, to be honest, because it got me into the community more and got me um, you know, out there sharing content and all that. Uh, and so that was, uh, yeah, it's been over six years now running. It's Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. Breakthrough so Real Estate iTunes, Investing so. Podcast on iTunes. Uh, anywhere, and basically, you can Spotify. find podcasts. Yeah, okay. Ca would be the website. Amazing. Sandy, thanks again for joining us. And thank you for joining the, virt- the uh, either the video version or the uh, podcast version of the Coach C Podcast Reboot. If you like our content, please give us a shout-out. Give us five stars. Uh, share it with other people. We'd love for uh, to be able to impact more people because my job in life is to make a difference and an impact, and that's what I love to do. So, again... Thanks again, Sandy, and we will uh, speak with you all very soon. Thanks, Christine.